It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 on ESPN Radio and ESPN U. Well, we have another firing in college football. Mississippi State has fired their head coach. We know that Texas A&M has fired their head coach as well. Paul Feinbaum joins us now. Of course, ESPN, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 81, SEC Network, 3P to 7P Eastern Time. Paul, two SEC jobs down. How many more to go? Uh, there could be one more, maybe two. Uh, there's, there's a lot of what, – what happens is once the first firing happens – Uh, Every other AD looks around and says, hey, I better move quickly. And why do you fire now? Because that gives you a couple of weeks before the end of the season. And with the transfer portal and and the new recruiting date in in December, if you wait to the end of the season, you are done. You have no shot. So, Paul, who are some of the names that are going to be looked at as front runners for the Texas A&M job? One of the more high profile jobs in the conference in the college football landscape as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think the the name to watch is Dan Lanning at Oregon. Uh, he he's a former uh, assistant under Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. He was the DC at at Georgia two years ago when they won the the first of two national championships. The issue for him is a tremendous buyout. Uh, Oregon has lost two consecutive coaches, uh, both of them to Florida to uh, to Florida State. By the way, Willie Taggart. And, and uh, excuse me, Willie Taggart of Florida State, then Mario Cristobal to Miami. So they really stuck landing with a, a big buyout. No, not, not in the Jimbo Fisher world of 77 million, but still uh, north of 20 million. Uh, but uh, these things don't seem to really bother anyone uh, these days. So if, if, they, if they want him. But another issue with several coaches, Mike Norvell has been mentioned, Lanning's been mentioned, DeBoer at, at Washington, is the fact that they could be in the, either a conference championship game, which is still two weeks off, or the CFP, uh, three weeks off, I should say, or the CFP, which would, would extend until the new year. And that's not what you want. I know people are saying, well, shouldn't you just hire the right coach? You should, but uh, the recruiting calendar is, is, so, is so punitive right now that you end up maybe losing a whole class if you don't get somebody in there quickly. Paul, you mentioned the nearly $77 million buyout for Jimbo Fisher, but what do you think is next for him? What's the appetite for Jimbo Fisher around college football? Well, I mean, we can all sit and joke about what we would do uh, if, if, we, if we were paid that much money to go away. I know, I know I would probably take some time off. I don't think Jimbo Fisher will, though. Uh, he's an intensely uh, competitive guy, and I, I think he'll still find work there. Uh, this is not a newsflash. There are not many great college football coaches out there, and there even uh, there's and, and there's only a handful who who at, at the press conference when, when introduced can say ten years ago he won the national championship. That matters uh, to to maybe second tier jobs, and I think he'll find work. He's not a terrible coach. Uh, by no means is he an elite coach either. And if you take away Jameis Winston, uh, he may even be a mediocre coach. But mediocre coaches uh, still get you work in college football right now. 
It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, and it's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Joined by Paula Feinbaum, of course, SEC Network, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 81, 3P to 7P Eastern will be on Get Up. First take all the shows throughout the week. The $76 million buyout for Jimbo Fisher tells you everything is right with college football or everything is wrong with college football. What's interesting is it's it's pretty normal. And I, I know that uh, if you're an educator uh, trying to make a budget somewhere around the country, that sounds like an absurd statement. But in college football right now, th- there's so much money at stake. There are billions of dollars in television. Uh, and remember another thing about this. This is Texas. Uh, oil prices go up one day. They can cover the buyout in their back pocket. And uh, the biggest buyout, interestingly, until now was $20 million. And that was Gus Malzahn at Auburn a number of years ago, which ironic. And you think about how things change. Ten years ago this season, Gus Malzahn at Auburn met Jimbo Fisher at Florida State for the national championship. And today they're both gone from where they were uh, with the two biggest buyouts in college football history at, at almost $100 million. Uh, athletic directors aren't really, they're not negotiators like, like normal people in the business world. Uh, they're mainly being played by, by a handful of sports agents who have a monopoly on the coaches, assistant coaches, and every other coach in the athletic department. So they make ridiculous deals. I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be hasten to say that college football is, is in trouble because of this. It looks bad. It's bad business. But every every week, uh, stadiums are are filled to the gills. Uh, millions of people are are watching the games on television, and the sport is actually very healthy, which which makes which is a crazy statement to make. But I just made it anyway. Yeah, speaking of full stadiums, that's what we saw on Saturday at Beaver Stadium when Michigan took on Penn State and got the dub. And Paul, over the last week. The game has felt like a footnote to everything that's going on around Jim Harbaugh and with the sign-stealing scandal. And I guess my question to you would be, when we look at the two teams that were on the field on Saturday, did we learn more about Michigan or did we learn more about Penn State? I think we learned more about Penn State and James Franklin. Uh, I don't know how many more games he has left in his career uh, against top-flight opponents, but please, the next time he plays a Michigan or a Penn State Call me. Uh, I don't have a lot of money, but I'll bet it all against him. I mean, he can't win a big game. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a good coach, but he he's not an elite coach. And and I didn't see all that much. I mean, people at Michigan th- are talking about this being a, a great win. I mean, it was a good win. I mean, Penn State's a tough team, but P- Michigan didn't need Jim Harbaugh. The three the four of us could have called the plays because it was a running play every time. If you yeah. watch the second yeah. half, yeah. there was no imagination. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hackett from the New York Jets could have won this game on the uh, Michigan sideline. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> Even Rogers disagreed with Hackett last night, by the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not go Okay, that I, I, I'm a little carried away early in the morning. <laughs> well, Paul, let's go back to what happened and why Jim Harbaugh wasn't on the sidelines for Michigan. What did you make of the Big Ten punishment of Jim Harbaugh and the timing of it all? I think I think the Big Ten commissioner Tony Petiti made the only decision he could make. Uh, he, now you can parse what what was said because there's a lot of there's a lot of hoops to go through. But ultimately, he felt that Jim Harbaugh, whether he specifically knew or not, he was supposed to know. It's it's that's under his purview, and there was enough evidence to indicate that malfeasance, serious malfeasance was going on in his program. So if they had not made a decision, they would have essentially said. 
We can't do anything about it. The NCAA can handle this three years from now, which is how the NCAA normally works. So I applaud him for taking a stand. He knew very well that there was going to be a court action. He knew very well that the school would, would scream bloody murder. But I think he stood up to them. And, and, and I, I know some people on the Michigan side are saying, well, he, he, got, he got railroaded into it. I don't think he did. I think when the fact that the majority of the, of the Big Ten coaches get on a conference call and say, hey, the other guy's cheating and it's affecting what, what I do for a living, then I think the commissioner had to look into it. He gathered information, but he gathered information that was also compiled by the NCAA. And, and Jim Harbaugh and his attorneys can scream bloody murder, uh, but quite frankly, I think, a, I think a message was sent, and that's what had to be done. Paul, looking a little bit ahead, I know that Michigan takes on Maryland, but the week after that, they've got the game Thanksgiving weekend against Ohio State. How much pressure would be on Ryan Day to win that game if Jim Harbaugh isn't on the opposite sideline? Oh, I think it's going to be pretty intense. By the way, I think it's intense either way. Uh, Ryan Day, is, is his record is phenomenal. Uh, it, it's absolutely uh, incredible, and he's been to the playoff in, the, in a national championship game. But losing three straight to Michigan, especially uh, with all the turmoil that is going on and perhaps with, without the coach, w- would be his worst loss. And he almost got it back last year against Georgia, but he came up uh, just short at the end of that game with the missed field goal. And, and I think this would be a punishing loss. And I know Ohio, Ohio State fans are going to scream if somebody says, hey, you, know, you put a coach with one of the, the best winning percentages on the hot seat. But I think, I think a lot of people will think uh, he ought to be on the hot seat if he can't beat Michigan, especially without Jim Harbaugh. Paul, now that Jim Harbaugh has served a penalty and may continue to serve a penalty, do you believe, like you said previously, that Michigan's title, if they were to win it, would still be tainted? I believe so. Uh, I think this is a very nasty story. This isn't uh, running a red light. Uh, I mean, this is having someone connected to your program who is blatantly going out there trying to usurp the the rules of the game and, and you know again you know people get hung up on this and I don't want to open up this hey stealing goes on we know that that everybody every single coach every single player who's ever played tells you that but I've yet to hear anyone say we we we, we sent people out in advance you know, using uh, Groucho Marx uh, imitations and all kinds of other things to get on the sidelines to sit in the stands this is the first of that and that's why this is so important. Paul, I want to circle back to something just to understand the gravity of of what you just said. You think that if Michigan beats Ohio State, that we could see Ryan Day be on the hot seat, a a team that is in the conversation for a national championship, undefeated top three team in the country. You think that he could be part of that conversation if they lose that game? Now, hot seat is a figure of speech. Uh, Do I think he will lose his job? No, and I think it would be ridiculous for him to. But, But I think what happens is, uh, when you when you lose three in a row, suddenly people start talking about you, and your reputation gets hit. And, and I think as the you know, especially if if, uh, if we go into next season, uh, and and he'll be looking, uh, he'll be shooting for his fourth straight loss. I mean that I still believe Ryan Day is an elite coach, and I know this sounds like I'm, I'm I'm talking out of all sides of my mouth. I'm not. I'm just simply saying that the reality is Ohio State is the standard in college football, along with Alabama, Georgia. Uh, I mean, it is, it is one of the big three in the sport, and you just can't lose to your rival every year and not pay the piper at some point. Paul, last thing, as we sit here today, what's more likely, Jim Harbaugh never coaches another game for Michigan or signs a contract extension with Michigan? 
Uh, <laughs> I think he will coach another game because even if, if, if the suspension ultimately will run out, but I, I think he's gone regardless. I, I think there's just too much, uh, too much uh, stench coming from that program. Uh, I think Michigan authorities, in spite of what they may say in legal documents, would like to be done with him. And I also think uh, the NFL is, pro- is perhaps his next calling. Now, the question really remains, and I'll, I'll defer to you guys, is there, is there a club in the NFL that will take him? Uh, there'll, there'll be a million openings, and there'll be, a, there'll be openings quickly. But will one owner say, you know what, I want Jim Harbaugh to stand behind, to stand next to me at a press conference? We think so. CC, you played 11 years. Yes or no on that? Yes. Yeah, so we think so. But obviously time will tell. Paul, great job as always. We'll see you later today, 3P to 7P Eastern ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 81, SEC Network. Thank you, Paul. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Time now for all the small things with Michelle Smallman. Go ahead, Smalls. First things first, guys. We talked about Josh Jobs a little bit in the show, but I want to give him more of a spotlight because what he's doing is absolutely unbelievable right now. It could be positive programming because he's such a feel-good story. But let's just go back to the beginning of the season. He he's in Arizona. He's performing well, really well. Kind of. We we had the conversation of is he playing too good for them right now because. We thought they would be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, but there was that video that went viral that he went to the team store. They didn't even have his his name as an option for the jersey. He goes to Minnesota. He doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know his teammates' names. He somehow pulls out the win. Then he picks right back up where he left off on Sunday. There was the video where he didn't even know where the locker room was. He didn't even Mm. know where to go. And he comes in. He helps the Vikings beat the Atlanta Falcons. He accounted for 312 offensive yards and two touchdowns. And the Vikings 27 to 19 victory over the Saints, excuse me. And in doing so, he became the first player in NFL history to amass 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and no interceptions in his first two games with the team. The first player in NFL history to do that in the first two games with a new team. Yeah, it's crazy what Josh Dobbs is doing. I think he's the fourth player in franchise history to have a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in consecutive weeks, joining Dante Culpepper, Joe Cap, and Fran Tarkenton. I mean, this dude is lighting it up. And here's the thing. I think he's an option for the Minnesota Vikings long term. I don't think he's just here for a good time and not a long time. I I think this guy could be here for a long time. Now, it could ultimately end up being a very good bridge to their future franchise quarterback. But I do think it's on the board for Josh Dobbs to be quarterback in the Minnesota Vikings beyond 2023. So, question on this. Right now, both sides offered a four-year, $40 million deal. Would both sides say yes? Because that does not guarantee he has to be the starter. That's extremely high backup money 
But would you give him that deal, and would you take that deal if you're Dobbs? No, I wouldn't even blink twice. I'd give, him, I'd give him that deal. I don't know that he would take that deal. Oh, Which really? speaks volumes to how good yeah, he's been. Yeah, I don't know that he would take that deal. I don't know. You take and that. by the way, you said let's go back to the beginning. If of the they season. go to the play, that's the thing. If they go to the playoffs, I mean, like they they're going to be a playoff team. Just look at their schedule. Yep. They are going to be a playoff team. Josh Dobbs is going to quarterback a team to the playoffs, and it's his third team of the season. Right. He I wanted to the, rewind it even further. It's the beginning of the season was the Cardinals, but the week before the season it was the, the Browns. It was the Browns, yeah, and they right. never should have gotten that's rid right. of them. Yeah. So there is that. He's a great story. Well, let's talk about the team that he left, the Arizona Cardinals, and Kyler Murray comes back. Arizona beats Atlanta 25-23. Guys, Kyler Murray could be a spark for this team, but do they want a spark? Yeah, is this a good thing, Susan? Is it a good thing that Yeah, it's Kyler a good thing. Murray it's a good thing. It's, it's good problems to have. I mean, having two first-round draft picks and having a quarterback is a good thing. Kyler Murray is already under contract. If they want to keep him, that's great. And if they don't keep him, they can flip him for other premium picks. So to me, Kyler Murray playing well is a good thing for the Arizona Cardinals. If they don't like their options by virtue of where they're drafting, then they can hang on to Kyler Murray and surround him with a really good supporting cast. They can continue to upgrade along the offensive line if they want to go after a guy like Olu Fashanu, if they want to go after receiver. This is a great crop of pass catchers this year beyond Marvin Harrison Jr. There are a lot of guys that can get it done. So, I mean, yeah, that. Arizona is in in the catbird seat as far as I'm concerned. They have somebody that's in-house that can be their long-term solution at the position, but they can also utilize the draft capital that they could get via trades and vers- um, by virtue of what they already have in order to get a top pass uh, top passer this draft. So the Arizona Cardinals are in a good spot. Yeah, I also think that they didn't play a great team, right? I think that I was I was anti Arthur Smith getting fired. He has not figured out how to use Bijan Robinson, nor Kyle Pitts, nor Drake London. Bijan Robinson got in the end zone yesterday, though. That's a good thing. Uh, That's a good but thing. In general, but Taylor Heineke got hurt. Right. And then you have to have Desmond Ritter back, so he doesn't want to play quarterback musical chairs, and that's exactly what they're doing, going just, back and forth. There's not enough. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was going to be the team that we'd see a quarterback asked to go to. Yep. Like, Lamar Jackson, theoretically, this offseason would be like, okay, well, if you, Ravens, you don't want me, I'll go to Atlanta. Like, that's a team I'd want to go to, and nobody's asking to do that right now. No. Um, Another place that people aren't really wanting to go right now, the New York Giants. Mm. Rough loss yesterday. Sorry, CeCe. Mm. Sorry, Nuno, to the Dallas Cowboys. 49-17. I saw our Jordan Renan post this on .com, and I wanted to bring it to the table and all the small things. We're seeing it unravel pretty badly for the Giants in real time. How is Brian Dayball going to keep this together moving forward? Like, a as, a, as a coach, how do you stop it from spiraling further? That's a great question. And you saw some of the players going out, the assistant coaches yesterday uh-huh. on the sideline. Dexter Lawrence doesn't want to talk to the media post game. It's going to get ugly for the Giants. Like, I, I don't know how you put a positive spin on this. If you're the head coach, because players don't want to hear about you tanking for a higher draft pick. Players want to try to win games because we all know that's the quickest way to the bag. And if you're not winning games, then guess what? You're probably calling the moving trucks because you might be going somewhere else in the offseason. So I guess there's this fine line between making sure that your team keeps that competitive nature, but then also selling them on having an opportunity for success while also keeping an eye toward the future. I don't know how the Giants thread that needle. I don't know how Joe Shane and Brian Dable figure that out without losing the locker room. So this is a challenging spot for them to be in. But this is where you prove that you're a good head coach versus not in the National Football League. I don't think it's a big deal when coaches like have passionate conversations with each other on the sidelines. That said, 
when coaches have passionate conversations with each other on the sidelines, we ask about it and we wonder about it. Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale had their moments. They went into the half talking a ton. They came back from halftime talking a ton. This team's a mess right now. I also don't think it's the worst thing in the world long term for them to be a mess right now. Because Daniel Jones was a bridge quarterback. He wasn't a superstar quarterback. And they have a legit shot at getting one of the two big guys in Caleb Williams or Drake May. Absolutely. All right, last thing, guys. I went to Philly for the first time this weekend. We had talked about it on the show. Shout out to Pat for giving me the amazing recommendation to go to D'Alessandro's to get my first Philly cheesesteak. I think Philly's an A-plus city. It has everything you're looking for. It has culture. It has great food. The people are mean, which I find to be endearing. But I loved Philly. Okay, well, there's something that happened, though, that we need details on. You did run a half marathon did, on Saturday, yes. which is your 25th half ma- 25th state you've run a half marathon. Correct. And you want to do all 50. Yep. You're 25 away. But this almost didn't happen. Right. Not because you weren't capable of doing it, but because you almost didn't get there. Right. Explain. So we get to Philly. We go straight to dinner. This great place, uh, Varela. It's a good Italian restaurant. I probably pronounced it wrong, but it was amazing. And we're leaving to go to the hotel, and all of a sudden, our car starts shaking violently and stops in the middle of the road. Oh, no. Stops in the middle of the road. We tried to start it, turn it on, turn it off. Didn't work. We had to call the Philly cops. They were nice. They came. They pushed us to the side of the road. We had to get it towed. We had to... Catch an Uber back to the hotel, but... So the Philly cops had to do this. I mean, I know they call it the city of brotherly love. Nobody decided to pull over and show y'all some love and try to get this thing figured out? Let me tell you. People in Philly, they could tell we were outsiders. They didn't love us. (laughs) We're sitting in the middle of the road with our hazards on, and people are honking at us. They're driving by saying, get out of the road. Uh What do you do? A lot of expletives yelled our way. Because it's your fault that your car broke down in that spot. Exactly. The cops came, and they were like, all right, we'll push you to the side of the road. And that was basically it. They were super nice, helped us out but uh thankfully we were able to make it to the hotel and make it to the race but you know philly they're, they're just big, really big, tough there. biggest question was pat costello's cheesesteak recommendation on point it was fire it was amazing really? 10 out of 10 delisandro's so De- is the really go-to good. place so you will take pat food advice moving forward from philly yes outside of philly no <laughs> mm, didn't think so didn't think so. Broncos and Bills come your way tonight. Our Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. I think tonight could be actually really juicy. Really juicy. Broncos, Bills. Bills are supposed to be this team that's a Super Bowl contender. And needless to say, not a Super Bowl contender. And maybe trending more so towards not making the playoffs at all than contending for a Super Bowl. The Broncos, not exactly what we would hope they would be or their fans had hoped they would be. But imagine if, what if the Broncos go into Buffalo tonight and win that game? It's not impossible. They've won two of the last three, including one versus Kansas City. And let's not forget the game prior to the the start of their two-game winning streak when they were at Arrowhead and played the Chiefs super tough. They could have won that game, but they fall to the Chiefs 19-8. to But they're kind of picking up a little bit of steam and finding a little bit of their rhythm. And I think once you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you think that you can beat anybody. There's no doubt about it. And, I mean, you look at how that defense is playing over the last three games. They've allowed 19 points, 17 points, and 9 points. And their defense against the Chiefs last time out forced five turnovers. Now, what has been one of the Achilles heels for Buffalo's offense? Turning the football over like it's going out of style. Think about this. The Bills have lost three of their last five and could have easily lost all five. They could have lost to the New York Giants had it not been for the bungled uh, uh, possession at the goal line in the first half by Tyrod Taylor. And they could have lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Hail Mary was right there. Chris Godwin just didn't look up to catch the ball. So, I mean, th- this is a situation right now where we're trying to figure out if we should take the Buffalo Bills seriously. If they can't win a game like tonight, then the answer has to be an emphatic no. So to me, this is going to tell us a lot about Buffalo and how they play this game and them being on the winning side of it has got to be a part of the story if they're ever going to pull out of this nosedive that they're in right now. So no matter what tonight, you guys are going to go with the Buffalo story or could Denver do anything that makes you think, you know what, maybe it's not as bad as we initially thought in Denver. Is there anything, a win tonight, regardless of how they look, could you actually get yourself to a place of saying, it's not that horrific there? Yeah. You could. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's great, but if you win three in a row, including going into Buffalo and beating the Bills, and you beat the Kansas City Chiefs in that stretch, it's it's better than I thought. And you mentioned the defense, CC. What a turnaround the defense have had, has had. We were talking about how how awful they were after the Dolphins yep. hung 70 points on them. And they, they the defense started out really rocky to the season. So the fact that they've been able to right the, the ship there is really impressive to me. Yeah, and over the last five games, that Bills offense has had more punts than they have touchdowns. They've had 14 punts to 13 touchdowns. So we'll see what ends up happening and whether Josh Allen can get back on track. But I think this is a game that's going to say a lot about the two quarterbacks. Because we've had questions about Josh Allen and and what this means for him. We've had questions about Russell Wilson. A lot of great stats, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. But it hasn't necessarily translated to the team winning games. Mm -hmm. I think tonight will speak volumes about the two quarterbacks and how we should feel about them. Not only moving forward through the second half of 2023, but beyond this season. Like we, We view Josh Allen as an elite quarterback. Well, damn it, this is the game that you go out and prove you're an elite quarterback. Beating a team that has an inferior talent level. Now, I'll also say this. Second players-only meeting called by Latavius Murray this season. 
It's the second one already. You know how I feel about players only meeting, Smalls. I know. Yeah, players only meeting meaning we one step closer to them calling to have the cars picked up, had them shipped back to the crib, and, and making sure you close out your lease. That's where we're at. <laughs> I can't believe we're entering that portion of the season for the Buffalo Bills, but that's where we're at. Because if they lose tonight, it's over for them. It is over. The Miami Dolphins are going to win this division going away. It is a wrap. So if you're the Buffalo Bills – I'm not going to say this is a must-win, but this is a can't-lose game against the Denver Broncos team. Now, Denver's coming off a bye week, so they'll be feisty, but this is a game that Buffalo should win. Play out the Denver win for a second, and you give them three in a row, you shut down Buffalo and basically say you're out of it. Wild question, but I'll ask it, CeCe, from personal experience when bad moments happen on a football field. Will we look back at that 70 points and say it was actually a good thing for the Broncos? Like, it was such a wake-up call that Sean Payton at that point probably had carte blanche. I know he kind of does anyway, but to say and do anything you want. Like, oh, you guys think it's going to work this way? It's not. Here's what we're going to do. Do you ever have that, like, rock-bottom moment where a coach used that to rally you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I was on a team that lost four games in a row. And so that felt like rock bottom. Now in that same season, we end up winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, I mean, you have moments of introspection like that as a team. You, you see the result on the field, and it leads to y'all going about your business a different way. Here's what I'll say about Denver. These ain't Sean Payton's guys. He just got there. So and he's got the contract that's going to give him a ton of runway to get his players in the building. They're going to overhaul this roster. The biggest question that has yet to be answered is whether or not Russell Wilson will be a part of the rebuild. And so I think the second half of this season will determine how Sean Payton feels about moving forward with Russell Wilson. And tonight is an opportunity for Russ to make that kind of statement. All right. Now, the other thing is we had a pretty good weekend. In terms of our picks against other shows, not the best, but not bad, right? I mean, we had a pretty good Undefeated weekend. weekend. Undefeated. Undefeated. Now, we pushed one game. We were 2-0-1. Yeah. We won the Niners game. We won the Browns game. And we lost the, the Lions game. Let's go through it here uh, each game. So the Niners, we picked the Niners minus three. The Niners had an unbelievable win on the road at Jacksonville. Everybody's back. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, they rolled in that game. We got that win, Niners minus three. Thoughts on the Niners win yesterday? Uh, it was what I expected. I mean, both teams coming off of the bye. The Niners were the more desperate team. They had more urgency, and one team didn't come back from their bye. I'm not surprised by the result. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a young team. Young teams, not necessarily as dialed in, as focused coming off of a bye. Things have been good. They've won five straight. Everybody is crowning them, calling them, you know, the best team in the AFC or the most complete team in the AFC, and they got their hat handed to you. It's an example of not being able to roll your helmet out there and get a win. It's the National Football League. you got to earn your wins every single week, no matter who you're playing, no matter what the record is. I think this is more of a teachable moment for Jacksonville than a sound-the-alarm moment. Now, conversely, for the San Francisco 49ers, when everybody on this team is healthy, they are hell to deal with, and that showed yesterday. I thought the 49ers would win. I thought they needed to hit the emergency break and stop the skid, which they did. But I thought Jacksonville would be more competitive in that game mm. than they were. Well, and at the end of the game, by the way, the Niners tried to give CMC, Christian McCaffrey, the extra touchdown there yeah. to make sure that the to streak the, continued. To, yeah, to be alone with the streak, right? Because he was tied with Lenny Moore, I believe 17 it was. is 17 what the straight was, games. Yeah. He would have had uh, the record outright had he gotten to the end zone yesterday. They'll live with that. They, they won well, the yeah, game. and they, CMC joked about it. And yeah. that's the yeah. thing you love about this team. I don't think these guys really care who gets the credit for it. But one guy that we have to give credit is Trent Williams because this is a different offense when he's on the field. When he's on the field – they're rushing yards per attempt, five at a clip, five per clip. When he's not on the field, they're averaging right around three yards a carry. 
So, I mean, that just goes to show you, when he's on the field, they're averaging five yards per rush. When he's off the field, around three yards a rush. That's a huge difference Enormous. in terms of the productivity and the pressure that it takes off of your quarterback. No doubt. Uh, the second game that we did win, we bet on Deshaun Watson and the Browns, and it worked. Plus six and a half. CeCe's uncomfortable because we're in a place now where we have to believe in this team and we bet against one of his former teams. You okay with that? No, I'm not okay with it. I don't, I don't like it here, but but I'll say this. I mean, Deshaun Watson has started six games for the Browns, and they've won five of them. Let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of people fight that stat. I don't. I'm all in on that. I understand it's not the only indicator for a quarterback, but a team's win-loss record in games that a quarterback starts, I believe, should be important. A lot of people think it's ridiculous because it's not solely on one person. But when you're talking about the most important person on a football field, it is on that person, and the team at 5-1 and one, I think matters. Well, here's the other thing. Productivity is a part of it, but it's not all of it. It's the level of confidence that you have as a team when you got that guy under center versus not. I promise you, those guys on the defensive side of the ball feel a hell of a lot better when you're down by double digits with Deshaun Watson under center than you do with DTR or Phillip Walker. It is a different Ball game. So glad you said I, that. People I, I, don't I, think about the I mindset. Play, I part played of it. for a decade in the National Football League. I can tell you, there's a difference going out there when Brooks Bollinger or Brad Johnson is your quarterback versus Eli Manning. It makes a big freaking difference. Sure. So I, I think that's the biggest thing for a team that has all the requisite pieces that it takes to compete for a championship. The biggest question that we had about Cleveland was whether or not they got the quarterback. And yesterday in the second half, they proved that they did. Deshaun Watson had a perfect passer rating in the fourth quarter. 7-7, seven 88 yards, a touchdown, no picks. That's what you paid the dude for. That's what you gave up all the draft picks for. So he could be the difference in those closely contested games, especially in the division, going up against all of those quarterbacks and those really good defenses. I'm glad that you brought up the mental side of it too with Deshaun out on the field because I think that that quarterback wins record with him is a little bit misleading because other than a great second half yesterday he hasn't necessarily been the reason that we've pointed to why the Cleveland Browns are winning games. But the great part is they don't need him to be the right. reason more often. Like here's the but thing. But you look at that record. I just, I just, I just need you I just need you to make a handful of plays in a handful of games. It ain't gonna be every game that comes down to the wire for Cleveland. I just need you to make the difference in a handful of key games in a handful of situations in those games. And Deshaun Watson showed us he could do that. That scramble that he had when they had the ball on the, what, the minus 45-yard line with a minute 40 left in the game, that, that's a 16-yard scramble. That moved the ball in the field goal range. Completely changes how Kevin Stefanski's going to call the game from there on out because now they have an opportunity for game-winning points. And you don't have to give the ball back to Baltimore. That's exactly why you pay that dude to make those plays. I can promise you, in that situation, Phillip Walker ain't making that play. DTR ain't making that play. And that's why you have to feel good now if you're a Cleveland Browns fan today because you finally got some semblance of what you paid for to the Houston Texans. You got Deshaun Watson, the best of Deshaun Watson, what we saw in Houston yesterday. All right, the one we pushed, the Lions. The Lions won, right? So they're happy. They won by three, won a five games yesterday on a game-winning walk-off field goal, which means the kickers had a big <laughs> impact on the game yesterday. But the games, excuse me. But the one we pushed, the Lions only won by three. We picked Detroit minus three. This game is less, less about Detroit and more about L.A. It's less about the like, where do the, where do the Chargers go from here? 
Like, I, I, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, we, we talk about Detroit. And Ben Johnson, I want to give credit, the offensive coordinator, one of the best play callers, play designers in all of football. Head coach he'll, next year. He'll, he'll be the hottest head coaching candidate mm-hmm. this offseason uh, when that happens. But but the L.A. Chargers, they might be looking for Ben Johnson. They might be looking to hire Ben Johnson. Because right now, where does this team go? They finally have a win where you think, you know what, maybe they can build some momentum. They go on the road Monday Night Football. They beat the New York Jets. Congratulations, Chargers. Good for you. <laughs> you, beat, you beat the New York Jets. Where do you go from here? What happens now? That's the biggest question. You beat the Bears, you beat the Jets, but when it comes to teams that are actually competent, you can't find a way to win. So I, I guess that's the next shoe that I'm looking for to drop. What happens with Brandon Staley? Because I can't imagine he's long for the job as the head coach of the Chargers. No, and while you may be right that Johnson is a good option there, I think they need a, a commander. Like, I, I think they need someone Eric in charge. Enemy? Well, he could be. He could be that. Even he played there. That's he's an a interesting commander. One. He's a commander. Oh. Well done. Well but played. But I'm pumped. Thank you. Well played. Leave, again, leave the corny jokes for me, please. Um, but I think they need someone that is like an intimidating figure at the head coaching position. Because you have guys that are too nice. Anthony Lynn, nice guy. Brandon Staley, nice guy. I, I think they need— We know the most important requisite for the Chargers. Somebody that's cheap. Well, but that, Somebody that's but, not going to cost and, me a and, lot of money. And that is where <laughs> that's where my whole idea doesn't work. Because, Why, are we going to say Belichick? No, but I'm saying a Belichick or, or Harbaugh type, I think, is what they need. By the way, I'd have to look this up here, but if, they, if the Broncos win tonight, if the Broncos win tonight, are they in— they may be in second to last place, meaning the Chargers could be in last place by the end of tonight if the tiebreakers don't go their way. Think about that for a second. Right, so you say, where do they go from here? They, are, they could be a last place team if Denver beats Buffalo tonight. So they go home is where they go from here if they end up in last place this early in the season. All right, coming up, we will have our unsportsmanlike moment or moments of the day next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, uh, many people think that I have the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. If you look at our Dr. Pepper inbox, at Unsports ESPN. (laughs) Yeah, um, settle a debate. If you were getting $76 no matter what, which would you rather do? Keep working or stay at home. Yeah, 81.1% are going with the uh, stay at home. Yeah. So I can't I believe said, it's that many, by the way. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think it should be more? It should yeah. be high. I, I was thinking really like 95, 95 yeah. 96. Uh, by the way, you know who agrees with me? Michael Collins at ESPN Caddy. Definitely keep working, but with a much different attitude. So the guy that spends his 
work life on a golf course. Got it. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Which is where most people would go if they got the if seventy-six million dollars. They didn't, have to, work, they didn't exactly. have to work. Got right it. To the Just saying. Just saying. Okay. I have. I'll take him agreeing with me. So there okay. you go. Um, all right. Now uh, a couple of unsportsmanlike moments. So James Harden, since he's been a member of the L.A. Clippers, uh, has not won a game. All right, that's not ideal, obviously. Yeah, um, since the trade, they're on five. Yeah, and Tyrese Maxey had 50 last night. Now, Tyrese Maxey for the Sixers was not part of the trade, but you could say he was unlocked as part of the trade, so to speak. So there's a minute left, in the, less than a minute left in a game on Saturday, or Sunday, yesterday, excuse me. Uh, James Harden had the ball down three points to one of the worst teams in the NBA this year, the Memphis Grizzlies. It's 101-98. And, um, well, you see, what happened was um, Harden <laughs> airballed the three. Oh. He airballed a three, down three, with less than a minute to go. I saw this yesterday, and I saw people tweeting, like, Harden in the clutch. And it was during football, so I'm like, oh, finally, he hit a big shot. And then I'm like, oh, that's what they – they're being yeah. sarcastic yeah. about that. Yeah. I, I may have to – I'm not ready yet. I'm not far away from putting a dollar into the bad take jar. Yeah. Because wow. I thought for sure that this was going to be the one time it was going to be different with Harden, that this was going to work out for them. Yeah, so far I've been dead wrong. I do think this could work out either way for the Clippers, that maybe they decide, all right, this group is not going to work, and they blow it up, and they get tons of assets in return. But that's not what I said initially, so I'd have to put the dollar in the bad take chart. He's yeah, been terrible. Yeah, the assets that the Oklahoma City Thunder got for the Paul George trade, <laughs> those are looking really good right now because it doesn't feel like the Clippers are long for this team in terms of keeping them together. They're going to have to blow this thing up sooner rather than later because it's clear and obvious to me that it ain't going to work with James Harden. He talked about how he's not a system player, how he is the system. Well, yeah. how's that system working out in L.A.? Well, oh, no, he's not, right. The system not, ain't working. Not, not, yeah. not very much. Not so, very good. But so. also when you go in there with that attitude, that's not really a great start to your tenure with a new team. You're not going to endear yourself to your new teammates. That's yeah. not going to work. Now, what I do have to ask is a question, Ev. Yes, sir. Why do you have so many ones wrapped up in a scrunchie? What, what is that about? Like, why, like, like, I'm just like, why Wait, is that? Why, why are there so many cards there? They can't all be so, like he's got a bunch of. Okay. Ones, I don't want to put my cards on bunch TV, of loose dollar bills and they're wrapped around cards, cards. In, right. a, in a scrunchie. Yeah. If you're Get a asking, wallet. let's go. I don't want a wallet. I don't like a wallet. I don't like but too much. In, I don't think I just you need all the those cards. Bill. Just drop the two dollar bill. Okay, those so here's what I have: I have two credit cards, an insurance card, another credit card, an old license. Do we need a that? Police, we can remove police that. benevolent association card. PBA another card. another Get New York tickets. license. A Saks Fifth Avenue card. Ooh. Best Buy. Again, I feel like he's deflecting because I'm asking why does he have I'm so many you, loose bills a, wait, this is wrapped, interesting. wrapped around a scrunchie. Oh, no, I've, I don't go interesting to thing, Interesting thing to and you use brought that up to, with wrap, to wrap the loose bills in. Got I'm it. just I'm just framing this, Smalls. Yeah, I hear he's you. sitting there running through all the cards mm. that are wrapped up. Ah, forget all of that. The loose bills wrapped in a scrunchie. Why, for who, and for what? If you remove now I'm some going of through those this. Cards. I have some interesting things in here I didn't even know I had. What else you have? I have a prepaid phone card. What? We don't need that. Okay. I have a picture. This is fine. I have a picture of my wife and I. <laughs> you and my do sister if you don't want the number to show up on your phone records. We're learning a lot uh, about Evan. Yeah, right exactly. Now. We're learning a lot. I have, Tell it on yourself. <laughs> I have an Express card. I don't remember the last time I was been to an Express. Prepaid Star, phone card. An Ambassadors Club. A, a, a card to get into an office that I don't go to anymore. BJ's Wholesale Club. Banana Republic. Duffy's in Florida. I got my gift card there. Stop and shop. <laughs> a WeWork card. Duffy's. Again, Duffy's the best sports <laughs> bar in all of Florida. Like I'm glad you're Duffy's. carrying that Duffy's. around just in case. Target, <laughs> just in Kohl's, case. Target, 
Uh, Are these license. gift cards or credit cards? You know what? This is a good idea. I should go through this today. I have way too much in here. Yeah. Are, they, are those gift cards or credit cards? Uh, both. Both. Some are gift cards and, and some are And a prepaid phone card for okay, some reason. Okay, do you reason. know why? I'm going to tell you why, Pat. Because yeah, you bought it in 2004 and you forgot should, about it? You should appreciate this as a radio guy. There was a piece of radio equipment. As a radio equipment. guy. I'm going to tell you why. This is the truth. There was a piece of radio equipment called a tie line, and it only worked through an actual phone line. And sometimes when you were in a hotel, you couldn't get through unless you used a prepaid calling card. So I had it as an emergency. You'll see about me, if you go through my actual backpack, I have backups for everything, like backup headset, backup Backup charger. I like being prepared just in case. This is for a piece of equipment that was outdated at least 15 years ago. But I still have the prepaid calling card, phone card in here. Huh. I don't know. Okay. So, anyway. so why haven't you gone through so that So that stack? stack has been the same way that it's been for the last 15 years. I didn't know that. Okay. Until right now. Okay. Yeah. But you don't want a wallet. You I would rather wallets. wrap it around I don't, the do you, do you keep a lot in your pockets or no? No. Do you keep a lot in your pockets? No, I've got a bag. Yes, yeah, I have a wallet. I, yeah, I don't like. I don't like the. I don't know. I this is easier to access. I have a scrunchie. I have a pink scrunchie. It's easier to access. You have stuff in there from a decade ago. Right. Well, wrapped around a scrunchie. Wrapped in the scrunchie. We still don't know where the scrunchie came from. How is that easier I still to access? It's either my wife's or my daughter's. It's one of the two. <laughs> You hope. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a, let me tell you, I'm a, I think with Evan, we know. We know. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Great point. What do you think? Great Saturday point. night, you know what I'm doing? Show notes. That's what I'm doing. Dra- Trust dra- me. Draft notes. Draft notes. <laughs> I'm breaking down my what if Patriots Ma- Major scenarios. League Baseball hot stove. No, I, not that. Not that one. I was watching the Heat. Of the day. I was watching the Heat Hawks on Saturday, so that oh was my, my Saturday gosh. night. I think the unsportsmanlike moment of the day was you saying that you had conversations with yourself about how the Patriots. Ending would be yeah. I had a, I had a no bad ideas. B- Buffalo laying at seven points. We taking that? We trusting that? Buffalo laying seven? No, I'm not. Are you? Yeah, I'll take Broncos plus seven. Greeny up next. We're on the Tuesday on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from six to ten a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch on ESPN two and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.